I'm John Moe. This week, a special edition of Wits. Weird Wits, an assortment of fun moments from way outside the mainstream. How weird? Well, I get to play Don Draper in a scene with Amy Sedaris. Hi, Dan Tropel. All the other Mad Men on the Mad Men show are coming to your room for talking, and they're all wearing suit clothes. Uh, let them come in, but don't you come in because nothing is fair. We'll climb inside a classic game with Patton Oswald and Keegan-Michael Key. I saw a ghost, I saw a ghost, I saw a ghost. To, wh- where? The maze. The maze where I always go to eat dots. The maze, man! Plus a lot of great eccentric music from people like Robin Hitchcock. All on Wits, coming right up. From APM, American Public Media, this is Wits. I'm John Moe. You know, when we look back over all our episodes on Wits, there are moments that still make us kind of scratch our heads. Oh, we love them. They're funny. They're moving. It's just that we don't always understand them. They're kind of weird. So this episode is all the weird stuff. Weird wits. Now, one of our writers, Ben Acker, pitched us on the idea of doing a PBS sketch that involved Mr. Rogers turning into a werewolf. We knew Colin Hanks was going to be on the show, and Colin's a great actor, so sure. Singer-songwriter Father John Misty was on that one as well, and he's great. When Ben sent me the script, he said, oh yeah, there are also these other characters called the Girdletons. Have a listen. Thanks to donations from Herbert and Myrtle Girdleton of the Girdleton Group and viewers like you, PBS can continue to provide fine quality programs like Mathing Rainbow. (laughs) Take the path, the path of math, I'll get you there and back. The Math Rainbow, Math Rainbow. Hi, I'm Matthew, and have I got an adventure for you. Yeah! yeah. Right. yeah. A math adventure! Wow, okay. what is it, really? Kids, what do you know about addition? Well, what is there to know about it? I mean, you add a number to another number, and, I mean, that's it, right? It's much more exciting than that. Woo, okay, well, I'm right. relieved. Well, that's a relief, that's yeah. good. See, in addition, what you do is you add a number... To another number. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, she kind of covered I mean, well, yeah, but no, 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 wait, wait, okay. You get a third number. A third number. Doesn't that make you feel like you've gone on an adventure? So... So in your head, are you... Saying adventure with two D's as well? Like an adventure? Yeah. Yeah! No. All right, kids, math is like a motorcycle that you ride up into space. Uh, how, how do you breathe up there? You die. You breathe with math! Wait. That's not even possible. Kids, math is like a, like a dragon for boys or a unicorn for girls. Gender stereotype? Not real? No, no. Ma- <laughs> math is real. Boy, oh boy. Okay, all right. 
Let's try it again. All right. What do you think is the coolest thing there is? Well, cigarettes. It's got to be yeah. cigarettes. It's definitely smoke. No. Wrong. Wrong. It's math. I swear. Look, I will find a way to prove it somehow. I swear. Take a bath then do some math. Mathing rainbow. Mathing rainbow. Mathing Rainbow is on PBS thanks to a generous grant from viewers like you and Herbert and Myrtle Girdleton and the Girdleton Group. I'm Herbert Girdleton. And I'm Myrtle Girdleton. And we're purred to bring you fern quality programs like the worms on Perber Earth. Programs like Sersimer Strut. Merster Purse Thurder. There's Earl Hearse. Dern Turn Irby. Sherlock Holmes. Erston Sertor Lermertz. Kern Burns the Roosevelt's. Ernanchimer Tersterer. Word Girl. <laughs> Earned of curse, Sherers Lurk their Swern. Merster Rogers Nurberherd. Oh, hi, boys and girls. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, isn't it? I'll take your silence for agreement. (laughs) Unless you need to be heard, in which case write a letter and send it and be sure to tell me which afternoon you're writing about so I can keep it in my personal files. Now here's something I can tell you about, boys and girls, as I take off these shoes and put on this comfortable cardigan. It was just daylight savings time. And do you know what that means? It means the night comes earlier, and even though it's afternoon, the moon is rising. And I can feel a change coming on, boys and girls. That's right, it's happening. Changes like the one I'm going through happen to some people, boys and girls. Does it happen to you? Do you feel it once a month as your bones grow and crack and mend? Do you know the agony of your flesh tearing itself apart as it's replaced by the flesh of something other, something animal? Gosh, boys and girls, what kind of animal do you think it is? It's not an otter. Oh, it's not a prairie dog. I wish it was a prairie dog. Oh, it's a wolf. An insatiable wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Myrtle, er, consider Mercer, Mr. Rogers Nerber. (laughs) That's so true, Herbert. That's what makes us purred in our hurts to donate to Purba Earth. Won't you consider during the CERM? Harmar superstar Father John Misty, Colin Hanks, Christina Baldwin, and me all in various roles. I'm John Moe. This is a Weird Wits, our favorite unusual segments. We did a show once with Andy Richter from The Conan Show and musician-comedian Reggie Watts. I had been watching a lot of Ken Burns documentaries around the time we did the show, and I got this idea. This week in 1861, Confederate soldiers opened fire with 50 cannons at Fort Sumter, marking the start of the Civil War. But history, they say, is written by the winners. And in the Civil War, the winners were the humans. 
We now present the letters of some soldiers who have long been forgotten until today. From Corporal William Oglethorpe, 3rd Tyrannosaurus Rex Division, Union Army, my dearest Matilda. The fellows and I were met with much resistance at a skirmish near Charleston. Each of us managed to eat at least five rebel soldiers, but Perkins was cut down by cannon fire. Poor Perkins, noble beast. His death served as a grim reminder that we shall never have weapons of our own. Even if our tiny useless arms are capable of holding a musket or firing a cannon, our peanut-sized brains could never comprehend all the actions necessary. I dream of returning home to Boston, my love. Prepare, uh, perhaps uh, becoming a banker or a terrifying predator about town. <laughs> My best to the eggs, your William. Letter from Lieutenant Bertram Hicks, 12th Giraffe Battalion, Union Army. Gwendolyn. Again, our troops suffered great losses, including, it grieves me to say, most of my own compatriots. The Union cap puts us all in peril in this horrid war, but when that cap is perched atop a head 20 feet in the air, well, you can imagine where the rebel soldiers shoot first. Our bright yellow color does little to help matters. My health is good, the boys below, the human boys are struggling to stave off starvation with a supply of hardtack. But we giraffes find plenty of leaves to eat in the tall trees, and we've hit upon a splendid plan for weaponry, which is to affix bayonets to our hooves. I dare say you'd be proud to see us charge the enemy, slashing with our bayonet-strapped feet. I am confident that battlefield giraffes will be a wartime fixture for years to come. Yours, Bertie. Letter from Private Edward Smith, Alabama Shark Regiment, Confederate Army. Dearest Mother, I am bravely fulfilling my role as assigned. I do not question my superior officers when, in the midst of battle, I am removed from the tank and flung at the enemy with great force. I daren't complain when I am left in the mud for hours at a time after glancing off a Union soldier's body or missing them entirely. No, I am proud to carry out these tasks. It is the duty of a soldier to be resilient when loaded up with two or three of my compatriots into a catapult and launched at General Grant's army. And mother, I often see lovely countryside as I fly through the air before landing and trying to bite someone. And now I must go. I thank human Private Wilson for transcribing this, and I regret biting off most of his leg to ensure he remained motionless in order to serve as my secretary. Your son, Ned. This has been a service of the Wits History Foundation. Thank you. Reggie Watts, Andy Richter, and me as various unlikely Civil War soldiers. This is a special episode of Wits, Weird Wits, stuff we love, but that's a little more out there. I'm John Moe. Now, here's a song by our friend Loudon Wainwright III. 
And at first, it might not seem like it would belong in a show about weird stuff. But listen how it takes a turn right around the time the bear shows up. I can't get a drink in Harlan County. I can't get a drink and I don't know why. Why I came to Harlan County. Harlan County's damn near dry Yeah, you can get a drink in Harlan County Go to the city of Cumberland Go to the package store on Main Street $20 bill in your right hand But I can't get a drink in Harlan County I can't get a drink and I don't know why Why I ever came to Harlan County, Harlan County's damn near dry Climb to the top of old Black Mountain That's the highest peak in Kentucky If you're tired, drunk, or crazy Drive on up in an ATV I saw a bear up on Black Mountain Carrying a six-pack in his claw I shot that bear and I took his six-pack Yes, I guess I broke the law Cause I can't get a drink in Harlan County I can't get a drink and I don't know why Why I ever came to Harlan County Harlan County's damn near dry Oh, they play a little golf in Harlan County Hunting, camping, fishing too Still got coal mines down in Harlan I'd stay out of them if I was you And they cook a little meth in Harlan County <laughs> Chemistry in the kitchen sink But unless you're over in Cumberland City A thirsty man can't get a drink No, I can't get a drink in Harlan County I can't get a drink and I don't know why why I ever came to Harlan County Harlan County's damn near dry That's Loudon Wainwright III. Coming up, questionable astronomy, the relaxing power of insects, and how not to answer phones. This is a special Weird Wits episode of Wits. I'm John Moe. I'm John Moe, and this is a special Weird Wits edition of Wits, a compilation of some of our favorite stuff that's just a little bit further out there. 
For instance, a sketch about Charlie Brown, isn't that weird? But this particular Charlie Brown sketch from our show with SNL alum Julia Sweeney, well, oh, good grief. Charlie Brown, don't be like that. Come on, I'll hold the football and you kick it. You don't think I'll fall for that one again, do you? What do you mean, Charlie Brown? Lucy, every time you say you'll hold the football, I run and come kick it and you pull it away at the last second. I do? You do. And I fall and land on my back. Really? That really happened? Yes. And then you laugh. You laugh at me. You laugh hard at my pain. I think I'd remember if something like that happened. I think you do remember. Anyway, I promise not to pull the football away, Charlie Brown. That's what you said last time, and the time before, and on and on. I... Look at me. Look at my eyes. I promise. I... I don't... I... I look in your eyes, and I feel like you think you're telling the truth. I am. I am telling you the truth. They say a good liar lies so good because they believe the lie they're telling. They say that about me? No, I I mean, oh, good grief. Is it pathological with you, the lying? I'm not lying, Charlie Brown. I wish I could trust you. Charlie Brown, the way I remember it is, I hold the football and you kick it and then we have fun and play and that's it. No incident. That's simply not what happens. What's wrong with you? What happened to make you like this? Me? Charlie Brown, remember when your kite got stuck in that tree? The kite-eating tree. Yes, exactly. Yes, of course, I remember. It ate my kite. Explain. Explain what? That, That tree hates me and loves kites. It ate my kite and smiled about it. Do you hear yourself? Charlie Brown, we call that tree the kite-eating tree because it's low and people fly kites into it sometimes. It's the kind of colorful, poetic expression we children use. You've personified the kite-eating tree such that the metaphor has become to you actual. What are you saying? You have a deep-seated persecution complex and only the most tenuous grasp on reality. Good grief. I think that grief may actually be the key to your situation. Your fit started when you were just a kid, remember? Fits? When your beagle puppy died. Died? What do you mean died? Snoopy, he's fine. I fed him this morning. He died of the puppy influenza when he was a couple of weeks old, Charlie Brown. Do you still see Snoopy? Of course I do. He's a very funny dog. He sleeps on his doghouse roof and talks to some birds and pretends to be an air ace. Your break with reality may be worse than anyone realizes. Ah, Lucy Van Pelt, don't you analyze me with your dime store psychiatrics. Actually, I only charge a nickel. This is about you, not me. You manipulate people. You're doing it right now. I'm not. I don't. I'm eight. I'm not crazy. Calm down, Charlie Brown. Kick the football. The tree ate my kite. Sure it did. Kick the football. Snoopy is alive. Kick the football. He puts on sunglasses and calls himself Joe Cool. And yet it's you who wishes he were cool. I, I am cool. Kick 
the football. Julia Sweeney as Lucy, me as Charlie Brown. There is a special alternate version of this sketch available in our Wits podcast. Actress Paget Brewster from The Thrilling Adventure Hour and Criminal Minds plays Lucy in that one. Find it on iTunes or at witsradio.org. When the writing team of Jeff Drake and Wendy Molyneux sent us an idea for a fake commercial about a very unusual spa, we were completely grossed out. And then we said, yeah, go ahead and write it. Hi, Janie. Wow, you look really relaxed. Do I? Well, Sarah, I feel relaxed. Do you want to know my secret? Of course I do. (laughs) (sighs) Dr. Valverde's all-natural insect spa. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimothy Valverde, the world's leading expert in insect human relaxation treatments. I'm sorry, did you say insect spa? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you like massages? Who doesn't? (laughs) Me too does. But you know what's better than one human masseuse with only two hands, only ten measly fingers? Two masseuses? (laughs) (laughs) You're close. What about thousands upon thousands of trained spider masseuses? Hands selected and trained by Dr. Valverde himself. All kinds of spiders. Big ones, small ones, really big ones. You were massaged by spiders? If it sounds terrifying, that's because it is terrifying. Terrifyingly relaxing and terrifying. You'll really love my spiders. I don't know. I'm already a little nervous to have a stranger touch me. I don't know that I'd be able to relax with all those spiders on me. Oh, I feel like they're still crawling all over me. That's how relaxing it is. What about manicures? Can they, can they do a simple manicure? Yes. They have these beetles that know how to eat just the right amount of cuticle. Beetles? They're the same beetles museums use to clean the bones of animal skeletons. Only better. They just gnaw it away naturally. How do they know when to stop? It's weird. Even I don't know how they do it, and I'm a doctor, Dr. Valverde. I think I would never stop screaming. I know I didn't. I'm still screaming. Look at how beautiful my nails look! I'm probably good just sticking with my normal non-insect spa. That's only because you haven't tried Dr. Valverde's mealworm facial mask. Oh, baby. God. Sure, I wake up sweating most nights, but my skin has never felt better. Imagine a handful of mealworms on your face. Now imagine thousands of them. You and your husband should totally go for the couple's lukewarm oiled caterpillar bath. Please don't describe it. Okay. A luxurious claw-footed bathtub big enough for two... And then they just pour warm, oiled caterpillars all over you. No, it's like my nightmares. (laughs) No. You're funny. (laughs) Dr. Valverde's insect spa. Not a spa for insects, but a spa filled with insects. You'll feel like you're filled with insects. Mmm. Janie Winterbauer, singer Sarah Watkins, and me in that one. This is a special Weird Wits edition of Wits, some of our favorite Wits moments that are just a few notches more bizarre. 
Now, I love the show Mad Men, in part because there's always so much subtext in it, hidden meanings, mysterious motivations. But what if everyone just said how they really felt? This is from a Wits we did with the actress Amy Sedaris. And now, everybody's, we on the Wits Talking Program want to give you some sketch. It bases on the television's hour that the people want to have watching all over. The one about the old-timey advertisement factory. Here, then... The Mad Men Show. Sketch. Mad Men, Mad Men, the Mad Men Show is on. Here come the Mad Men, drinking booze in their hands. <laughs> Off to another day writing advertisement sayings for me, Dan Drapel. I've got my face cigarettes and my grown-up brown drink. Good morning, my writing things down, phone lady. Hi, Dan Tropel. All the other Mad Men on the Mad Men show are coming to your room for talking, and they're all wearing suit clothes. Oh. I wear suit clothes, too. Let them come in, but don't you come in, because nothing is fair. I'm tortured. Dune Drupal, it's me, Robert Grayhaired Man. Oh, I know you a lot. But you're not my dad, Rogers, even though it seems like it. I know. I've been drinking gin for all my life, and I'm mean. Here comes me, Pet Clamble. I want things to have. <laughs> and me, Peggy Olmanson Johnson. Blun, your old writer downer from at first. And now you're an idea writer downer. I know! Executive persons, business is on the way in elevating. What's wrong with you, Dune Drumple? I understand you the most. Uh, I'm tired from all the sex makings with all the women over at my hate apartment. I have hating myself problems all up in my face with the gin drinking and the hair flattening goop. Well, it's, it, it's because you're pretending to be a different army man. We all pretend because history is upside downing us. 60s, drinking, suits. Me too. I am part of this. I know. I know what we need to make you feel better, dang Drupal. It's time for ad saying ideas saying. I want the oh, big ad saying. Where's my idea time? Businessmen will come here soon for us to talk ideas at. I just got the account for airplanes. Airplanes. They're a carousel. Mm. Get on the airplanes and you're on a carousel. And you won't be sad about not understanding Vietnams. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, yeah. I'm Robert Starling and I need to drink all the vodka in the world now. <laughs> and the LSD pills. <laughs> all my wives are the grumpy. I'm really struggling with the smoking cigarettes account. And I stayed up all night having ad saying thoughts while the other men drew pictures. Mm. Smoke the smoking cigarettes on a carousel. Mm. Then in the ad commercials, we'll have girls dancing around. I'm going to look around the room and maybe be upset. I want to make affairs with those dancing around girls, I bet. I'm never having happy at home with nice wife who's also on community. <laughs> Staying married is hard with Vietnams and Woodstocks. <sighs> Sorry, everyone. I keep thinking of my wife, Betsy, played by January Joe. She was always mad or happy or sick or hungry. I never knew. She would give me a nothing look, and then I walk away. 
Mr. Drankel, business is here for the big meeting. They're all in the big table room being not as clever as you madmen. <laughs> okay, everyone, drink all your drinkings and put cigarettes in your faces. Let's go shake hands and say things. Amy Sedaris, along with Bill Corbett, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jamie Winterbauer, and me on The Mad Men Show. We had the pleasure of traveling out to Los Angeles in early 2014, which meant working with a lot of great actors. Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, Anna Kendrick, and in this sketch, Patton Oswalt and Keegan-Michael Key. Hey, man. Hey, Pac-Man. You okay? No. No, I'm far from okay. Yeah, you don't look okay. Well, then my outsides match my insides because I am not okay. Because normally, you're a confident guy, big eater, huge mouth. Now you look unnerved. What's wrong, Pac-Man? You know how when you become an adult, you think you have stuff pretty figured out? Yeah, Pac-Man, I studied abroad. Exactly. And then you see something and you're like, wait... If that's possible, maybe everything I knew isn't valid anymore. Do you disregard that new thing? And how? How do you expand your worldview to encompass a thing that was previously impossible? What did you see? I can't even... Pac-Man? I... What did you see, Pac-Man? I saw a ghost, man. Pac-Man... What? I saw a ghost. Pac-Man, please. I saw a dead person, which is a person that is dead. Only their soul was floating around like they got errands to do. I saw a ghost. I saw a ghost. I saw a ghost. Where? The maze. The maze where I always go to eat dots. The maze, man! I I believe you, Pac-Man. You're my friend, and I believe you. Thanks, man. But I don't know if I believe me. I may be cracking up here. Do you know why I believe you? You just said we're friends. Yeah, but also, in addition, I have something to tell you. Oh, man, what? Oh, it's something big. You better not be about to tell me what it feels like you're about to tell me. I'm... Don't say it. Uh... Don't you say it, man. American. What? Oh, (laughs) Oh, I am so relieved because I thought my worst fears would be realized just then. And I'm a ghost. Nope, it just got realized. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. You are not a ghost. I'm a ghost. Orange ghost. We're friends, man. I'm the ghost of your friend. Clyde? No. I'm sorry, Pac-Man. Man, you ain't sorry. Nope. And Pac-Man? Yeah? You better run. I'm sorry. What's that now? I'm going to get you, Pac-Man. Keegan-Michael Key and Patton Oswalt. I'm John Moe, and this is a special Weird Wits edition of Wits, some of the stranger stuff we've come up with on the show. Pop Song Correspondences is a regular feature on Wits. We take a song that everybody knows and kind of tell the story of it from the point of view of a character you might not have heard from. A while back, we took on one of the most popular rock songs of all time, from the home repair angle. 
Pop Song Correspondences. A note from the contractor working on Robert Plant's home remodeling project. Dear Mr. Plant, uh, I wanted to talk with you in person, but you haven't been around much lately. The hair salon or at a junior Tolkien book club, I'm told. There are things we need to figure out, but you only seem to want to communicate through songs. There's a lady who's sure All that glitters is gold And she's buying a stairway to heaven Yeah, they deliver that stairway. Uh, it's outside right now. I know your wife was excited about getting a golden stairway at a cheap price, and I, I hate to tell you this, but someone just put gold glitter on it. The, the stairway is made of plywood and old loading pallets, and we'll never get it into the house. The stairway is infinity feet tall. It goes all the way to heaven. I didn't know they made those. There's a feeling I get when I look to the west and my I, I don't know what you mean when you talk hippie language. I'm a contractor. Does that mean you want a big window facing west? And the crying spirit thing, is that for the bathroom? In my thoughts I have seen Rings of smoke through the trees And the voices of those who stand looking Oh yeah, those are just my guys smoking Marlboros. They're standing and looking because they don't know what you want them to build. We need blueprints and you give us eternal staircases. Hey, you kids, get off that stairway to heaven, it's not safe. Look, there are a lot of paths we can go by with this remodel, Mr. Plant. We can even completely change the road we're on if you want, but I can't have my guys just standing around. You, you gotta meet me halfway. I have other jobs I need to do. Clapton keeps calling me. Thing is, when I ask you to be specific, you tell me stuff like this. And it's whispered that soon If we all call the tune Then the piper will lead us to reason And a new day will dawn For those who stand long If you could just draw me a sketch on a napkin or something. I guess I could put speakers out there in the forest and put a laugh track on a tape loop and maybe a delay for the, the echo effect. But, you know, here's an idea. If you want laughter, just go get some DVDs. Larry the Cable Guy is pretty funny. Okay, I suppose we got to talk about the hedgerow. If there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a sprinkling for the banquet. No, Mr. Plant, I am alarmed about the bustle. All the guys are. What you call the May Queen is in fact a live badger. You released badgers into the hedgerow when Mr. Page was here last time, remember? When you guys dressed all up as hobbits? They're, they're biting everyone and there are infections. We gotta do something about the hedgerow. A and the stairway. There's no way I can bring this thing up to code. Sincerely, 
J.P. Jones, Houses of the Holy Construction. And she's buying the stairway to heaven. Janie Winterbauer singing with John Munson and the witnesses there. Coming up, music from Robin Hitchcock, and we try to understand the vastness of space, and it doesn't really work out. This is a Weird Wits edition of Wits. I'm John Moe. Want to be a star at holiday parties this season? Let me help. Go to infiniteguest.org and check out the offerings in the Infinite Guest Podcast Network. You can find wits there and listen to our archives. You can fill up on jokes that you can say you made up. Then download the podcast Big Appetites, hosted by Patty Hinnich and Sally Swift. They'll tell you why cornflakes should be on your holiday cookie plate and why some of the best cookies are unbaked. I'm John Moe. This is a special edition of Wits, some of our favorite moments that were just a notch or two away from normal. Weird Wits. We love having comedian and actress Kristen Schaal on our show. Here she is with actor, writer Mike Fotis and me exploring space, but not well. Hello, I'm John Moe. And I'm Kristen Schaal. Welcome to Astros. Imagine you leave Earth in a spaceship. And you go up to the sun, where it can get very hot. 100, 200 degrees. So hot. You might die. So don't go there, stupid. If anyone tries to lure you into their rocket ship to the sun by offering you magazines or candy or love or anything, don't go in there. They're trying to burn you up. But let's pretend anyway, Kristen. I hate pretending, John, and you know this. Okay, the sun is still considered a star, even though it is obviously much larger than all the other stars in the sky. And yellow, and unlike other stars, hot, (laughs) like 200 degrees, like you said. If you went up there in that rocket ship to the sun, you should dress for warm weather. But in our galaxy alone, there are dozens of stars, maybe more. Who cares, with the sun being the best. And beyond our galaxy, there may be one or as many as two other galaxies. Yes, science still needs to build bigger binoculars to know for sure. Hey, quit being lazy, science! (laughs) Yeah. Then there's the theory of the multiverse, which says that our universe of a dozen stars in one to three galaxies is just 
one universe in a multiverse. Whoa, you're blowing my mind! Well, think of it this way, Kristen. Think of it like a multiplex theater. A multiplex can have how many screens? Uh, eight or um, 12. I think I, I think I might have heard one that had 15. 15, really? Well, you know what? They could have been lying to me. Okay. They had a very disingenuous relationship. So like 12, though, at least 12. Yeah. Okay, well, that means that there might be eight or even 12 universes of a few dozen stars each. How many stars is that? Well, no one can count that high. But in one of the universes, we might be robots or ninjas. Mm. And at the center of any multiplex is the concessions area. So at the center of the multiverse is God. He sells the celestial popcorn and red vines that make the universes more tasty. Now, Mike Fotis is one of our writers. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. Mike, let's pretend for a minute that you are God. Oh, lucky you, Mike. You're riding around on a cloud in heaven. Okay, awesome. Hey, God here, I'm deciding which sports teams will win. God. God, how did you make all these universes? Well, first, there was a big bang, an explosion that all the stuff came shooting out of. Where did you get, where did you buy the God dynamite to make that happen, God? Science isn't sure yet. They're working on a ladder tall enough to climb up and ask me. What we do know is that all people are made of the stuffed stars. Not all people, just people like me who star on TV and major movies. Just a household name in those blockbusters. There's so much we still don't know about space. Did we go to the moon? How come? Why wasn't I invited? Can I go now? Science is too stupid to know the answers. But how about looking in the other direction? into the miracle of living life. Say, God, how were humans built? I don't know. The Bible says nothing about it. <laughs> well, the answer is cells. Hundreds of them in every human body and some animal bodies too. Kristen, do me a favor, cut yourself and bleed all over this microscope. You got it, friend. Ow. Oh, oh man, that hurts. Oh, that drew a lot of blood. That's, That's That might be a major that, thing. That might be too much. But before we take you to the emergency room, God, I want you to look through the microscope at one of Kristen's cells. Why, it looks just like a tiny little Kristen. Hi, Kristen the cell. That's right. Each one of our cells looks just like us. That's called DNA, and it's how the body knows how to build you. It looks like they're arguing. Of course. One sells angry Kristen. One sells the Kristen who enjoys pop rocks. Kind of lame. There's armed robber Kristen. We need all of our cells to be different so that we can be complicated. And then we die. And then the party's at your place, God. I'll save you a cloud chair. All up in heaven, just outside. The, the Astros. Astros. You're listening to a special edition of Wits, a weird Wits, stuff from the show that we love, but we can't always completely explain. Like, for instance, why someone would start a new job without really knowing the fundamental thing they would need to know to do that job. This is from an episode of Wits with comedian Tig Notaro. Is this where I'm supposed to be? It's my first day. I'm Judith. 
the trainee. Oh, good. Uh, I've been expecting you. Please have a seat. Do what? Have a... I, I'm sorry. Just have a seat, and we'll begin. Have a seat? Like, sit down? Yes. I'm new. I don't know your lingo. <laughs> lingo. Uh, have a seat. I, I, I think that's kind of a standard term. Okay, well, I just want to make a good impression. Well, you're sitting, so all's well that ends well. Are you making fun of me? Are you making fun of the way I'm sitting? Am I sitting weird? No, you're, you're, you're sitting fine. Do you know Mrs. Howe in HR? She saw how I sit when she hired me, so take it up with her. I, I don't have a problem with anything to do with you sitting. Is it because I didn't know your fancy lingo? Because it just took me a second? Okay. Taking in a lot of new stuff. My first day. That's fine. Um, I sympathize. I'm a sympathetic guy, which is why they have me training new folks. Just for your FYI, I'm really bad with idioms. I'm from Vermont. You know how we are with idioms. Vermont? It's a place. Well, I, I know it's a place, it, but... Uh, yeah, idioms. Yeah. Uh, no good. What? What? Um, okay, well, let's say we get, just get down to it, all right? The start. Uh, you ready? Okay, so the telephone rings, you answer it, U.S. Teletech, keeping you connected. Tell them your name, that you're a trainee, find out what department they want, and then send them on their way. Now, you'll notice it's all on that little card Whoa, right over... Whoa, stop. Okay. Now go. Uh, we'll just run a few and, and make sure you got the hang of it. Are you ready? What was that? that that's the phone. No. What the heck was that noise? That, uh, seriously, that, that's the phone. That's how it rings. Are, are you... Uh... It did it again. It, answer it? Like, make that noise back to it? No. Like church? No, no. Call and response? No, like, like phones. I don't know what you're... Oh, telephones? Yes, telephones. Oh, I get it. Phone, like in telephone. Yeah. Telephone, telephone right. right. Yes, yes. I know all about telephones. I took a test on them to get this job, but I'm still from Vermont, so. Okay, uh, I, your time has come, Judith. Let's, let's do this. Show that telephone who's boss. Yeah. U.S. U.S. Teletech, keeping you connected. Good, this is? This is Judith. I'm a? I'm a trainee. What department would you like? Great. Let me connect you to accounting. Okay, check the card. I found it. Transfer. Extension 1128 and ringing. They picked up. Oh, honest to gosh, Judith, when we started a couple minutes ago, I didn't think you were cut out for this line of work, but what I just witnessed, wow, you may be the fastest learner I've ever trained. You may be a natural. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> what? You peak your first time out. It's all diminishing returns the rest of the career. Oh, but Judith... I just have nothing left to learn here. Oh, I understand. 
Spread your wings and soar, you mighty eagle. Come with me? You're right. Let's get out of here. And they left. The world, their oyster, they took a big bite and found a pearl. No looking back, and you should learn from their example. If you have a job, quit it. Find your oyster. Take a bite. Tig Notaro as Judith, Bill Corbett as the announcer, me as the trainer. Now, we're not including singer-songwriter Robin Hitchcock in this weird wits just because some of his songs are pretty weird. No, we're including Robin's performance on wits from March of 2013 because of the breakdown at the end. Sunrise doesn't give a damn about who I am. Glory. 
Yes, just as a butterfly could flap one wing and still come in to land in any modern international airport, just as a simple fish can flicker one fin and go round in circles forever, just as an amnesiac can keep reading the same page of the same book and remain as satisfied or as unsatisfied as they might be if they could remember what satisfaction was. So time bleeds away from this beautiful theater here in St. Paul, and we inevitably are drained away with it. It's not the end of the show, but it is the end of time. Thank you. That's Robin Hitchcock with John Munson and the Witnesses. Want more Wits in your life? Go to witsradio.org and find out how you can see a Wits show in person. You can sign up for our newsletter, get the latest about what our various Wits guests are up to, or tell us what you're up to on Twitter. Just tag us. We're at Wits. Thanks to our guests on this week's show, Colin Hanks, Father John Misty, Andy Richter, Reggie Watts, Loudon Wainwright III, Julia Sweeney, Sarah Watkins, Amy Sedaris, Keegan-Michael Key, Patton Oswalt, Kristen Schaal, Tig Notaro, and Robin Hitchcock. Wits is written by me and Ben Acker and Wendy Molyneux and Jeff Drake. We're joined by music director John Munson and the witnesses Steve Rome, Joe Savage, Richard Medic, and Janie Winterbauer, who also acted in this week's show, along with Harmar Superstar, Christina Baldwin, Bill Corbett, Joseph Scrimshaw, and Mike Fotis. Thanks also to our technical director, Corey Schreppel, our coordinating producer, Hans Buto, Steve Nelson, and our intern, Carlos Espinoza. Our executive producer is Peter Clowney. Our senior producer is Larissa Anderson. I'm John Moe. Bye now. <laughs>